Welcome, 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 welcome to the Tell Me More podcast presented by Major League Success. And I am super excited to have uh, this lady join me, Kim Mills. Um, I know we've talked about it for a while, and uh, today is the day. So thanks for coming on. Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so happy this is happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, we we have some other things that that we connect with on on a fairly regular basis, and I know podcast and building YouTube. I mean, you've been working on it for the past year and something that I got away from and now I want to bring it back around. And uh, here we are. I'm excited to, to dive into the conversation with you just to get to know you a little bit more, right? Share your story, uh, you know, with our audience. So I always, I always like to start with, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you with, you know, company brokerage, and then we'll dive into Little Kim growing up. What was that? Oh, little Kim. Little Kim, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm Kim Mills and I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Um, so I currently am with Cutler Real Estate. I have been with Cutler, I'm in my sixth year. Um, prior to that, I was on a team at HER. So I got licensed in 2010, um, started on a pretty high producing volume team and then broke out on my own six years ago, which is crazy, but yeah. Wow. Awesome. And I've known you for six years, maybe. Yeah. I think six so. years. Oh, and, yeah. and I, and I joke all the time back then I didn't take advantage of uh, you being in the same office and really picking your brain and, and uh, you know, getting to learn uh, more about you and just business in general and having those, those conversations. So over the last year, we've really uh, reconnected, um, you know, on clubhouse and, been able to uh, really watch your journey. And I've always watched the journey since when we were at Cutler um, yeah. in, in the same office. So I'm really excited to, to dive in. So I always want to start with with Kim growing up, right? Because um, I, I believe, I believe, you know, and as I interview other agents and, you know, there's growing up and in, in, in that family dynamic of whatever that situation environment was, I, I do believe has a huge impact on every agent's real estate career, what good, bad, whatever it may be. And I'm always curious as far as how everyone's environment was and, and how there are little pieces of that and how it relates to their business. So growing up, what, what was it like? Were you into sports? Where did you live? What was family like? Yeah. So, um, so growing up, I was actually, I was born in Denver. My parents met, um, at a job in Denver. And so I have one brother and we were both born out in Colorado. And then when I was a toddler, we moved to Dallas. So, um, I was raised in a suburb in Dallas, Texas, which, you know, I don't have the accent all the time, but I can totally throw it on if I need to. <laughs> but um, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get to that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, my childhood, I, when I look back on it, um, I feel really positive things in, in my memories. Um, you know, I mentioned, I have one brother, he's a little older than I am. We're, we're 15 months apart. So we're kind of in that like Irish twin stage. Um, and it's really funny because we are polar opposites. I mean, we get along, but, um, we yeah. are not, we do not process anything the same, which is now as a parent of two, I'm seeing it happen with my children. And I'm like, God, it really, it was, you're innately wired certain ways, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, um, I definitely was like an athlete. I mean, I got into athletics when I was pretty young um, and I tried all different kinds of sports. Um, I'm, we joke, my mom, I guess the pediatrician told my mom I was going to be like five, two. <laughs> so 
I was like in gymnastics and um, I had a lot of fear of like the tumbling. Um, once you had to start learning tumbling on a beam, I was like, I don't think I have this in me. Yeah. Um, and so I, I am five, eight, so they were a little wrong on my height, but, um, but I got into swimming. Um, and like I said, I did other sports until about like, I don't know, like high school, middle school, I guess, eighth grade. Um, and I really, it was just became a calendar thing. Like I just didn't have time. Um, although I feel like my mindset, when, even when I was young, like I had a coach tell me like, you can't do other sports. And I was like, well, now I'm going to go do another sport because I don't want you to tell me I can't do it. So, um, so I think I had like that high achiever thing from a young age. Um, but I was a competitive swimmer and, um, swam through college and, um, you know, it's a grind of a sport, um, as you know, several sports are, but taking it to that level, I think, um, you know, at a young age, I, I definitely learned I was doing it for myself. Um, my parents were supportive, but were they were not over-involved, which sure. I now look at as a complete gift, to be honest. Um, it was like my thing, you know, yeah. and my parents, as long as I was happy, they, they were great supporting it. But like, if I was miserable, they weren't the ones that I felt like I had to keep doing it because my parents were so invested sure. in it. Sure. So I think that afforded me the longevity in the sport. Um, and at each stage, I definitely had, you know, some hurdles and all that stuff. But I learned so much just through that. Um, that was a big part of my, I think, like formative years, you know. Yeah. Um, but my mom, my mom jokes with me that like, I guess I was a late walker. Like I didn't walk right away, but she said you didn't, or actually it was crawling. I didn't really crawl. And she said, all of a sudden you just started walking across the room. So I think, I don't know. I mean, take it for what it is. I feel like I, um, I wanted to know I could get across the room walking, not crawling. So I waited until I thought I could do that. Someone told you that you can't walk and you just got up and did it, right? I'm like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And trust me, there, there is some, um, there is like, that sounds really great, but there are some major flaws in that too. We can get into that, but, um, <laughs> it's not all, it's not all shiny when I, when you operate like that, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so, so, but I look back on childhood and, um, I had great friends. I, um, I felt like I was connected with my parents. Like we have a healthy relationship and, um, even my brother, I mean, we fought a little bit in high school, but like, who doesn't, you know? Right. Right. So, but it, I look back on it with a good memory for sure. Yeah. I'm curious. Cause you said that you kind of had that, uh, achievers mentality, right? If someone said you can't do it, you're going to go and do it. Right. Yeah. Where did you, where did you get that from? Was it, is it just a gift or is it someone like, you know, in your, in your family or, you know, in your immediate surroundings that was a high performer, right? You know, yeah. did you just have I mean I, I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of it just came from myself. Now I say that with a lot of like humbleness because I've been surrounded by really awesome people, sure. um, including my parents. Um, my parents are both, they were really successful. They're both now retired, but they were very successful in their own um, worlds as well. So, I mean, there was probably a part of me that was um, watching that and maybe not even noticing it, but, um, but they were really good in their careers. And um, they were both, they basically, they met at McDonald's they were in software um, development um, way back in the 70s when like nobody was in computer science, much less women. And yeah. so, um, so I think I learned a lot by the dedication to their to their um, to their jobs. But I definitely remember talking to my dad once, um, you know, I'm like, how did you and maybe I was in high school and I was like, how did you? 
know that this is like what you were going to do? And at that point, he was like an independent consultant. So he would he would basically be in a destination for like six months and sure. travel back and forth from Dallas, like on the weekends. And um, he's like, you know, it was something I was good at. But he goes, it's not something I'm not passionate about my job. And I'm like, what? like, you know, I'm in, this, I'm in this world at the time where it's like, you know, you have to find your passion and that's where your career sits. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, my dad is telling me he didn't, he doesn't have that even now. Um, and ultimately he said to me, he was like, I'm good at it. And it's a means to the end for me. And like my dad at the time was like really into fly fishing. And so I feel like what I learned from my dad is like, it's okay to work really hard in one area to find like play in another area, sure. you know, and almost to strike balance with that. So yeah. I don't know though, the high achieving thing, um, I don't know. I've just, I've never liked to be uh, failing. And I mean, trust me, I know we talk a lot about like how failure is so important, but like, yeah. um, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of it, but I, I do not enjoy it. Like yeah. I do not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. And you know, our parents generation, right? Like you, you went to work and you did it and that's what it was. Right. And, and for me, and I got lucky in the sense of when, when I got into real estate, I, I had a mentor that it was always life slash happiness first mm -hmm. and then work second. So I've kind of been blessed in the sense of I've always just did something that I enjoyed doing, but you know, growing up it's, you know, parents were at jobs, you know, for 20, 30 years. And, maybe they didn't like it, but they were good at it, but they didn't yeah. really get that fulfillment from it. And I know we'll, we'll talk about real estate later on and I'm sure, uh, you're like me and you found what you actually enjoy doing now. So yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. But, and I wanted to get into your competitive swimming cause I know some of your, your story and I don't want to overlook that piece of, yeah, uh, sure. I'm sure that, I'm sure that plays a huge role into adult life, right? Different careers and different jobs. Talk to me about the recruiting process. Talk to me about what you did, where you where you went after yeah. after school, during school. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so my schedule. I mean, starting like I mean, we had junior high, so I was like in a seventh, eighth, ninth. But I think by seventh grade, I was doing morning and afternoon practices, um, and most of that was water time. But sometimes I was like lifting in the morning, and I had to go to like a Gold's gym with like these big bodybuilders. <laughs> And I'm like, like, you know, this tiny little seventh grader walking in, like, okay, okay, I'll deadlift next to you. But um, it was, it was fun. Um, so the thing is like in a sport like swimming, um, what I, so I had some success, like when I was, I would say like a 12 and under um, when you're in this like age group bracket and um, you know, it's, a, it's obviously a time sport. So if you qualify at certain meets, like, you know, I think more eyeballs are on you. Sure. So by the time I got to like middle school, um, I was kind of slated in this like U.S. swimming, um, like the eyeballs were on me for select camps and things like that. So before, um, I guess it was like late high school, well, before the recruiting process, so maybe like towards the end of junior high, um, I got to go out to the Olympic Training Center and, um, you know, with girls in my age bracket, like top performers um, around the country. And we had like a week long training session together, which was incredible. I mean, some of those girls were like, we were tight all through college and we all went yeah. to different schools, but like, it kind of took you from a feeling of like, you know, you're this big fish in a small pond every day in your practice sometimes. But then I was like, oh, this is like the new pond. Like 
this is, if I want to be in this pond, like, this is what it's going to look like, you know, it's humbling because, you know, it's like, you you know, you're like, you go from feeling like, oh, I'm real, I'm really awesome at this to pretty average at an awesome level. Right. Um, so that was kind of a, a milestone thing for me growing up, but like, you know, I, I knew, I mean, my dad, I mean, this is going to sound hilarious, but I remember we had like the video recorders, like those huge camera things and my dad, yeah. like this, my dad would interview us and we had, a, um, I don't, I guess he did it at like holiday times and he would ask us like, Kim, what's your short-term goal? What's your long-term goal? And I was like, it was like a normal thing that we talked about. And for some reason, I think it was really normal because, you know, we had seasons and you usually set like a goal for yourself and then, you know, back it out. Like, how am I going to do that? Um, Which I think was just an awesome thing to learn at a young age. But, um, but I remember I was probably like in sixth or seventh grade. And I said, um, you know, my short-term goal was to like win our win events at our state championship and I grew up in Texas so it was like a it was a fast state for swimming um and then I said you know I want to I want to swim in college and so I don't know it's like you you start saying it you start thinking it um as I progressed you know you know Olympics kind of kind of like crept in like is this possible could I make the U.S. Olympic team um and it definitely was something that I started going after um so I, I did go to Olympic trials. It fell um, in the sophomore year of my collegiate experience. By the time I got there, um, I was not going to be making the Olympics. <laughs> but um, but I can I can like laugh and share this now and feel very proud of the accomplishment. I think for a long time I um, I kind of like fell into this hole of like being disappointed about the outcome and sure. really see the achievement in it and. Um, and which is silly, but I think there is something to be said, like you do when you don't achieve something that you're going after, like there is a bit of a mourning period of that. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've moved through that and I'm good, but, um, but yeah, I did, I did go to trials and crew events and, um, and, you know, I wasn't really sure if that was going to be the end of my swimming career. Candidly, I, it was a big pivotal moment for me. So I was halfway through college. Um, I did not, did not perform at NCAAs the way I wanted to or at trials. And I just thought, what am I doing? You know, and it was one of those moments, like we all have these moments where it's like you're at a crossroad. And I just, so I grew up in Dallas, but I went to Michigan for school. And so I had one friend from high school that was at U of M. And I was like, are you driving home to Dallas? Cause I want to jump in your car. And he's like, yeah. he's like, I'm leaving on this date, whatever. And I think I didn't even say anything to him until we got to Nashville, which is like halfway. Um, because I was just like really lost. I mean, I was just yeah. kind of, you know, trying to figure things out. Obviously we, we talked and had some beers and like got <laughs> a little bit of life back to the, the rest of our drive. But, um, yeah. but ultimately, you know, when I went home, I, I realized I needed to find the fun in the sport again. I think I was taking on maybe what other people wanted for me in the sport. Um, Kim, you can make the Olympics. You can do this. Like almost taking other people's goals for me and absorbing them myself. Um, yeah, it would have been amazing to swim on the U.S. Olympic team. Like, but I did have experience with the U.S. team. Um, I yeah. did qualify for a team, you know, going into college, and so it's not like that. It's not so finite. It's not that like end all be all. And so right. I had some healing to do. I mean, I really had to regroup. I really had to kind of reset goals um, and figure out what I wanted to do. And so 
I went back and I was training in Dallas and um, I told my club coach that was like a dad to me. I was like, I can't train with you because I need to be with college kids. Like I just can't be racing 14 year olds when I come in here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I went SMU uh, is like kind of in my backyard mm -hmm. and um, those coaches have known me since I was little. And I just, I went in there and just said, look, like, I don't even know if I want to do this. I just need to have fun. I need you guys to kind of like help me piece myself back together. And I said, yeah. I'm not competing at nationals. I'm not doing any of those things. And they're like, that's cool. That's like, they're like practices tomorrow at four. We'll see you. I mean, they were just like, we don't care. Just show yeah. up. So yeah. day by day, I think I found like the joy in that sport again. And a big lesson to me was like, we talk about this in real estate. It's like, you know, I think I was getting stuck in the end result. And like, if I, if I'll be happy when I get this, um, and it's just like, it's not how it works. It's just not yeah. how it works. Um, yeah. So I knew I needed to make adjustments when I bet, went back to school. In the last two years I had at Michigan were my favorite. I grew a lot. Um, and I, I realized like my life was a bit out of whack. Like I, I was defining myself as a swimmer, which I never did. Um, you know, I'm Kim first and I'm a swimmer second. Um, and so yeah. like, I just needed to find more of like an even, um, even, um, balanced life on campus. So I got really involved in some other organizations, you know, branched out of my swimming world. Um, some of my best friends are, you know, athletes there, but like different teams. And so we had something in common, but not the day to day, like all the ins and outs of your team sure. practice and you know, all of that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like anything. It's like when you're trying to, you know, when you make connections with people, it's like, they don't need to be exactly like you, but right. coming at it with the same value and the same understanding, like it just immediately gives you this like tight bond. So anyway, so it was great. And then like, so at the end of college for me, um, I was actually given an award that I had no idea was coming my way. And it was, I mean, I think that's kind of says it all. Like I, I, probably cherish that award more than anything that I accomplished. And it, um, they, the, it's a big 10 medal of honor and they give one, um, senior, one senior, uh, female and one senior male of all the athletes that award. And I, I got that and I had to like speak to all the athletes and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but, um, but I, so remember, awesome. I mean, I, thank you. I, um, it was based on like your academics and your, your athletics, and then also your service. Um, and once I figured out that tripod for me, like when I went back my junior year, everything changed, like it yeah. all started to click and it was coming from such a true place that, um, I think I finally was being me and not being like this athlete who I'm trying to be, you know? Sure. So, um, but I did talk at my, I had to give a little speech. Um, and I, I just said like, and it still rings true today. It's like, we all have gifts, right? We all have gifts and you just have to figure out how to be present enough to share them with the people around you. You know, it's not, it's easy for us to all get like, whoop, this is my world and this is what I'm doing. But um, I, I just think so much comes out of when you can like kind of open up a little bit and give that, give that away. Yeah. And, and go back to finding the fun in it. Right. Oh my God. You know, I think that was, I think that was probably the biggest thing. And you know, yeah, you had the, and I'm sure it's for every top performer, whether it's business, life, whatever it is, sports, you always want to achieve the highest peak, right? The Olympics would have probably been the highest peak for every athlete, right? And you got that taste of it, though, 
right? Yeah. You got, you, you know, even though the result wasn't there, you got the taste of it. And, and I'm always one that, you know, I want to be in rooms and around people that are thinking bigger than me, that yeah. are thinking differently than me and that are doing way more than me. And, and I want to, yeah, I may never get there, but just getting the taste of being in those rooms. Um, yeah, for sure. Has a huge, and, and I'm sure that has a huge impact on your life, right? Like, totally. you know, like, Hey, I, you know, in the beginning growing up, I'm the person that you tell me I can't do it. I'm going to go do it. Well, now here's this event where you went and did it, but you didn't have the results. Right. So mm -hmm. now probably moving forward and we may get into it. I don't know your story, but I'm sure going through that and, and not having the results, some people would call it failing, right? Like in the book, um, I don't know if it was the power of moments or, or what we've read recently, but you know, they talk about stretching. Right. We have mm -hmm. to stretch ourselves to, to fail yeah. right? in order to, to, to get outside of our comfort zones. And that, and you got outside of your comfort zone and you didn't have the results, but now in the future, looking back on it, now that you're healed and you know, you, yeah. you're able to talk about it freely. Like I'm sure there's not much that come your, that comes your way that you're really going to dwell on it. Like you may have done then, but because you went through that experience, you know, everything else on the other side will be better. Yeah. I mean, it's for sure. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like life, um, like you can think that it's stepping stones, like you're going forward, but I think a lot of times it's like these lily pads, like it's not even like a forward jump. It's like a lateral side move and you, you can learn from all of them. But, um, but I do fundamentally, um, the, the hardest moments, and I know this is like cliche, but I read all these business books about it. People who I'm sort of attracted to in terms of their business and what they're, yeah. what they're teaching us. It's like, the goal is in all that adversity, you know? And so to miss the lesson there is like the biggest mistake, you know? Right. I mean, that's like the biggest mistake. And so, I mean, there were, I mean, this would be a whole other podcast, me talking about adversity, especially in my collegiate experience, but I will tell you, um, when I got to my first job, I was, I worked for a huge ad agency in um, downtown Chicago. And when I got there, I walked in like, I can handle this because I handled a lot of crap in college that these people have not gone through, not to minimize what they've done, but like sure. they haven't had that experience and I'm going to be okay. Like, I'm going to know how to handle it. I'm going to know how to like get through tough things and hopefully have fun with the people working that I'm working with, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how, um, I don't think any of it's accidental. Um, you know, I just think, I, some of my dearest friends from college are Olympians and gold medalists. And let me tell you, their life wasn't perfect either. You know, yeah. it's like, I think we sort of think it's going to be one thing, but, um, I don't know. I cherish yeah. those, those years were pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I found this video, I think it was a video on YouTube early on in my career and it was Kobe Bryant doing an interview and this may play into, you know, after that, event and then going back to your junior senior year of, of finding the love for swimming again. But I talk to agents about this all the time too on a real estate. And I, and I found this video of Kobe and I'm going to butcher it, but essentially he said, you know, the reason why there's more talented players in the NBA than me. Um, there there's people that can be all time greats, but they only want to focus on the games. They don't want to focus on the practice. And what Kobe said is, you have to fall in love with the process. And if you can fall in love with the process, the game is just the reward. Yeah. Right? That's just like, that's just like the cake at the end. Like to him, it wasn't even about the games. 
it was about shooting a thousand free throws, going to the gym at 6 a.m. every single day. You know, it's about the love of the process of doing those tedious things. And when I saw that video, like for me in real estate, it was like, man, I have to fall in love and fall in love with the process of building real estate business, meaning the grind of reaching out to clients. For me, it was internet leads, right? It's, you know, am I doing the things to attract people to me? Yeah. And if, I, and if you don't love that, then you're not going to love the rest. Well, I mean, I totally agree. I've seen that Kobe. I mean, yeah, RIP. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he was a good one. Lost yeah. soon. But, um, you know, I, it's funny. I, my college coach had this phrase. Um, well, he had two. He's like, the hay is in the barn. He had like a, he had a Southern accent. I know we were in Michigan, but he has Southern accent. And he was like, the hay is in the barn, ladies, the hay is in the barn. And we were like, what is he talking about? But basically when we got to championship season, he's like, the work is done. Like, yeah. so now like you need to chill out and you need to just go compete because the go work do. is already done. Right. Yeah. But the other thing he would say to us all the time is he's like, girls, it's the process, not the product. It's the process, not the product. And I laugh because I feel like right now that is like a mantra that a lot of people are talking about. And it could not be more true to what I chose to do for my career. I mean, it's like a sport like swimming. Um, it's a lot of delayed gratification, right? Like you're, you're putting in all the hours you're, you're in this grind. It's like a morning workout. It's an afternoon workout. You're lifting after your afternoon workout lather, rinse, repeat, like you do it every day for nine months. And then you go have your big meat and you, you hope you drop time, but you don't always drop time. And that's a long time to wait for a result. Yeah. So I think, um, you do have to find some sort of joy in that or else you would not keep doing it, you know? And so, and I think it's a very individual sport, but I think it's also, and I'm back on deck now and I'm helping some high school girls. And so much of it is like rally around the girls around you. You know, yeah. like some days you're going to feel on and you're going to feel incredible and you can take that leadership role in your lane or with your, with your girls. But like, yeah. sometimes it's like, you just need to make it through a practice and that's okay. Like, so I just tell them, I'm like, set an intention. Like what, you know, maybe you just had a total crappy test and like you're really upset about it like just just get through this you know so it never stops yeah. <laughs> learn that that mantra never stops um, no it never does and it goes back to what i always say like you know having a coach is important right whether it's mm -hmm. life business sports or whatever um you know is important but having that peer to peer is relationship is also important right leaning yeah. on someone that's going through it the same that you are is important and then I always say, you know, be a coach to someone else, right? There's going to be times where, you know, maybe one of your girls is feeling down and another girl comes and shows up and, and they're going to coach them for that moment or for, or for that day. Yeah. And, you know, that's just so important. And, um, you know, it's just, it's funny. That's why I always like going back and listening to everyone's stories before real estate, because there's so many things that have happened in your life that I'm sure play a huge impact you know, oh, in your yeah. business, in your oh, business. Like, so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. You were, you were asking about the recruiting process too. And it's funny. I'm sorry. I'm closing my emails. I probably should have done that before. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, the recruiting process too. I mean, that was, that was an interesting, um, journey. And like I said, my parents were, um, instrumental probably in the longevity of me doing a sport for myself. Like I, I never felt like I was doing it for them, but Holy cow. Like we had no idea. We had zero idea. 
<laughs> what was going on. And now it's even more intense and starts earlier and all those things. But, um, but yeah, I was looking at, um, I mean, you, I was allowed five recruiting trips. And so um, the ones I took, I went to Stanford, Texas, Auburn, Arizona, and Michigan. Um, and it's funny, I chose like the coldest, <laughs> grayest place. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, walking to the pool at 530 in the morning was probably would have been a lot better in Arizona, um, but that's okay. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it was really interesting at a young age to, um, you know, have to navigate somebody telling you maybe what they just want you to hear, you know, yeah. I mean, you're 17 and they're, we want you, we want you. And it's very, you know, you get kind of sucked into that, but I remember having a conversation with one of my coaches who he swam at Texas and now he's actually the coach at Yale. Um, and he just said, he was like, he goes, stop worrying so much about it. You're just going to figure out which color looks the best on you. And that's where, you, that's where you're going to go. I'm like, you went to Texas. Like you thought burnt orange was the best. <laughs> um, but, um, but he was, he was joking, but he was like, you just need to take that moment and just kind of think like, where did you see yourself? Like, you know, going to class and you know outside of this like whole you know dog and pony show that they're giving you like where do you feel like yourself and it, so it you know a lot of soul searching and I think we have to do that at a lot of different moments in our lives but that one I was like oh my god and then and then having to tell people no I mean I had it's like multiple offers it's like I got to tell one person <laughs> no, I to tell four people no um yeah. They all, it was, it was great though. Swimming's a small world and, you know, you had support even when you weren't going to their school, but yeah, learned a lot. Learned so a lot. You thought, Mason, you thought Mason Blue looked the best, huh? I know. I mean, gosh, <laughs> our friends in Columbus are going to be like, they're, they're not going to listen to anymore. They just turned it off. <laughs> it just turned it off. Exactly. So you, you graduate, you graduate college, you go to Chicago, right? You're doing, you said at like ad agencies type stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of lead me up from Chicago to, to getting into real estate. Yeah. So, um, to describe the ad world in, you know, a nutshell, I, the, my responsibility was, um, like the, the middle of the wheel. And then I had all these spokes. So it might be like a creative director or a strategist or producer or whatever. They were kind of all, um, they, their info fed into me. And then I had to manage the client, um, sure. which was super, it was awesome. I mean, the pace was crazy. It was chaotic. Um, and there were big brands we were working on. I mean, my first client was General Motors. So I was like in Detroit every week. And um, that was just crazy. I mean, that whole world of GM and how they've um, transformed. I mean, I was doing that in the late 90s when they still had huge fleets of cars. Yeah. Um, the brand I worked on doesn't even exist anymore, <laughs> which was really interesting. Um, but it, you, when you do a deep dive like that, not only into just like the branding, it's like, you have to understand the whole, their whole business. Um, so really a cool way to understand what's going on in a, in a company. And then you have to kind of help um, bring, you know, what does their identity mean to any consumer? So I did that. Um, and I also worked on Hallmark, which the card business, I mean, now people don't probably even write it. Well, we are, we're going to bring the card business back. We're bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but Hallmark was so, I mean, they're, they're, commercials used to just be like, um, they're, they were famous for making people cry. Um, so that was an emotional one on the other end of the spectrum, but, um, I'm just crying every day as she's working. 
every day. Um, no, it was cool. We did an Olympic sponsorship with Hallmark. And so I was out at the Utah when the Olympics 2002, when they were in Salt Lake, I was there for six weeks. It was the most incredible um, job experience I've probably had. It was unbelievable from start to end. Learned so much, met so many amazing people. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, I, that's a whole, awesome. thing, whole other thing. But um, so getting to Columbus, I mean, I moved here um, and I started at another ad agency here and, um, and it was great, but I was not really like, I mean, I liked the people that were around me, but the day to day I was not in love with. And so when I moved to Columbus, um, I, I gave it a year. Um, and I was, I was moving because there was a guy I was dating and I was like, whatever, let's just see where this goes. And that ended abruptly. Um, which is funny because I, I obviously met my husband and I'm still here. Um, yeah. But, um, but the, you know, the notion of like the actual business of what I was doing, I just wasn't as, as into, like, I missed that consumer facing, um, discussion, like how are consumers, what are they thinking? Like, what are their purchase decisions? Like all of this. I mean, that's what I just, I love that stuff. Yeah. So I had a friend stop me in the, um, in the ad agency at the time. And she literally had a pink sheet of paper and she's like, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired right now. <laughs> like a pink slip for real. And um, she was like, no, this is the name of a headhunter. And they called me and he, they're looking for someone. I think you need to call them. And so at the time I was actually like kind of one foot out the door in Columbus. I was talking with another agency in Dallas. Um, I was talking with Northwestern about maybe coaching. Um, I was all over the place, but, but fundamentally in my, like the, my core, I was like, I'm not sure I have it in me to like go start in another city again. So I take this lunch meeting and um, it was a, a developer who was starting a downtown residential building. And this is in 2003. Nobody's living downtown yet. No one. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> like this is interesting. So in the lunch interview, I said, if you want a real estate agent, I'm not your girl. I don't want to be a real estate agent. And he was like, Tink. and that's got me the job. Like, no joke. It got me the job because he, at the time, I think wanted somebody totally focused on his project. Yeah. Um, and so it was the buggy work building. Um, now it's next to, you know, the amazing Huntington park. Um, and now it's anchored by lower.com. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's amazing down there. But when I started selling that, I mean, you had to, like, you would come up, uh, a fire escape to get up to my office. There was like the, the lights didn't continue on. Like it was not the pretty side of nationwide at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he wanted somebody who could like share his vision and get people to understand his vision. And it was awesome. So that was my entry into real estate. And um, Kyle Katz was a developer and he, I mean, we were like four people in this office pulling off this project and he, he brought me into the fold. I mean, I went to, um, the Metropolitan Club lunches with him, um, which CMC is an awesome organization in Columbus. Like you just meet a lot of leaders. Um, and each, each month it was like the meeting was about something different, but you really, I started to learn how things in Columbus happen. Like maybe they happen slow, maybe they haven't happened fast, but I started to understand how that happens. And I was yeah. really interested in that. Um, so at the end of that project, I kind of was more, I would say like in construction management and I didn't love that side so much. <laughs> I was like sitting in sub meetings, calling out mistakes like that was not, that was not my bread and butter for sure. Um, so I went back into advertising for a little bit, 
Then another developer contacted me um, for a project they wanted to do in the short north. And I wasn't even looking. I was totally happy in my job. And it was actually somebody who bought at Buggy Works um, had a meeting with these guys that were starting this project and said, well, if you need somebody to sell it, you have to talk to Kim. And so they found me and um, I had a lunch with them and said, like, if you want me, this is how I would want it to work. And they were like, okay. And I said, okay, I have to quit. <laughs> so that was spring of 08. So, you know, everything's feeling great. Exciting time then. Oh my God, the fall of 08, it was a very different story. So, um, but you know, were you, I think- Were you that, licensed yeah. at that point? Or when did no. you No, okay, this is still so, before even- Yeah, okay. so I think because I was working directly for the developer, I, I, yeah. I did not have to be licensed. I was just a sales associate. Right. right. So, I mean, they hung on to me until 2010 and then, um, and then they, I was just straight overhead. I was just waiting for that conversation. Um, so I went to Honduras and got it done in a month. I was like, this is what I want to do. I think this is what I should be doing. I had my first child at the time. And so I just couldn't quite see myself as much as I loved the um, environment of the ad agency world. I was a bit of an addict to it. Um, yeah. I was like a complete workaholic and wanted to climb the ladder again. I wanted to not crawl across the room, but like run across the room and that was fine. But now I'm a mom and like, that's not going to work. And getting on a flight at the last minute to go meet with clients and that kind of pace. I was like, I don't just, I think that chapter was just done at the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I, um, I signed on with you tech and rough. I mean, I, appreciate them so much. I uh, met them way back in my buggy works days. They would bring clients in and I would, you know, I feel like we got to know each other from just me doing my pitches to their clients. But, um, but it was a great way into real estate. I mean, I got to be a sponge with people who had their leaders in this industry, you know, and mm -hmm. big volume. And I just, I like to go into the office and just like absorb, you yeah. know, if I wasn't busy, but that was kind of my way in. So getting licensed, you said that was 2010, mm -hmm. right? Okay, yeah. so 2010, um, you got a taste of some sales, you know, for the developer. You got some taste of the back end side of, of actually doing the development. Yeah. Um, when you got in, you went full 100% commission base. I'm always yeah. curious, did, did you have more doubters, more supporters? I'm assuming someone like yourself who's who was a high achiever, you know, in all aspects of, of life, Right. You probably had a lot of supporters knowing that you're going to perform. But I'm always curious, you know, did you have people like talking, saying, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, you're yeah, going I mean, like what's going on? Probably. They probably just weren't saying it to me. Um, just kidding. Most, uh, of, most of the time, that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've learned to just doesn't matter. That voice doesn't matter. But or, uh, or, was it, or was it someone saying that you can't sell real estate and you're and you're just like, oh, I'm going to go show you. Yeah. Let me show you. Let me show you. Um, you know, it's funny. My husband was the, the one that was like, you should have done this like five years ago. You know, we talked oh, wow. about it a few times. Um, when I was in between the development jobs, he's, he was very, um, very encouraging, just like yeah. you're so good at this. So I think having that like made me not really have that much doubt. Um, it was really weird leaving a, a very nice, solid, stable paycheck once a month, twice a month. Like that was odd to not have. Um, but I think honestly it, um, it keeps me motivated in a weird way. It's like, we know in this business, like there is no guarantee, like your net, what your next deal is. And so yeah. I think, um, 
it was, it was a transition for sure. Um, you know, just in how we were paid. Um, but my first year was like, I mean, 2010, I was talking with you earlier. It's like those conversations in helping sellers. I mean, it was like the net selling sheet. I'm like, okay, so this means if we get, if we're lucky enough to get this number, you're going to bring 25,000 to the table. I mean, on repeat, like those are those conversations. So it's funny how different it was, but, um, but so much of like what I, I think just how I'm wired and then like what I loved about advertising has been such a good transition for, um, for real estate. So, you know, to answer your question though, about like the doubters, I mean, maybe I'm sure, I'm sure I had people, she's going to be terrible at that. Um, but I also had such great networks of these different companies that I worked at. Um, and I was like, I just have to keep, keep in touch with those people. Right. Like that's what it is. Um, but it's a bit like swimming. I think it's like, there's a delayed gratification in this job. And I think, um, knowing that you don't, you're not guaranteed a check twice a month. Um, it's hard. It's a big difference, um, coming from like more of a corporate background. Yeah. So how did you get connected, um, with uh, ViewTech and Rough? I mean, you know, most people get into real estate and it's, you know, it's, I want more time. I want, you know, some freedom. I want, you know, to get away from someone telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And they get into it to be on their own and, and solo. Um, was it just by luck? Did, did someone say, you know, guide you and say, Hey, you probably need to be on a team. Was it your past experience at works and being on teams? Yeah. Um, what, what, what helped you make that decision? And then what were, did you have any initial struggles or did you just kind of hit the ground running and, and have that success out of the gate? Yeah. So, um, so the first part of the question, so a good friend of mine, Amy Conley, she's an agent actually at Cutler. She was our agent. I mean, and she was a friend that, um, you know, we kind of had a similar group of acquaintances, not that we shared, you know, the same network, but, um, but she, I think at the time was with HER, um, not that it mattered, but I was like, you know, just talking to her and she knew we were, we were living downtown at the time. And I knew we were going to get to the suburbs and she, you know, she's like the way the market was. I mean, again, it's like people were trying to keep the lights on in those days. And I know it's, if you weren't in it, like, it sounds like I'm joking, but it was terrible. So Amy, I mean, Amy was like, I would love to bring you on, but, um, I don't even know what I would give you, you know? And I was like, that's okay. That's okay. So she, she was one to say like, you should call Marilyn and Jeff. And then um, I think at the same time, someone else said that because they reached out to me and I was just like, okay, you know, so I had a meeting with them and that, that was it. I mean, I didn't, um, I didn't like interview at all. I just said, you know, I remembered them from back in, you know, my first development project. And I, I of course knew, knew who they were. Um, and I was like, to be a part of that would be incredible. Um, and it was great. I mean, I was there like six and a half years and I learned so much. I mean, it felt like the way that they operated, it felt like a family, you know, I mean, it just, I think, um, my first year though, let's, let's be honest. My first year, I was not like any sort of rising star. (laughs) I was just trying to figure it out, hoping I could, I mean, I honestly was like, if I could make my like my base salary for my first advertising job, I was going to be really happy. Cause I was like, I know that this is going to be like, you know, one of those like one step back, two step forward kind of moments. And with the support that my husband was giving me and morally, but also financially, I mean, it, it really helped. Um, 
so I knew we were going to be okay if I didn't make that same amount, but, um, but the encouragement of like, you can go do this, um, was instrumental. And then kind of from there, it was weird. Cause I also think like 2011 Columbus started to kind of pick up a little bit. And then every year I was just one of their, um, you know, top performing producers, which was great. I mean, it was just, I think what I loved was that environment felt like, like my college team. Like I was there with a bunch of people who were serious about it, who loved to have fun, but like we got our work done, you know, um, high performers too. High performers. Right. You know, getting into that other pond. Yeah, totally. So, right. And so then I, I did get to a point, again, I think we all have these moments in our life. For me, I think it was just having a milestone birthday. And I was like, if I don't do this now, I don't think I'm ever going to do it. But I was really craving uh, my own brand. I was craving mm -hmm. my, my name on my work. And at the time, you know, the way that the team was structured, um, we were sort of invisible in a way. Sure. And I didn't really care at all at first. Um, but then I really had to have that like gut check. I'm like, I think I do care. I think I, I, and I think it's okay to say that I, I was like, I'm working really hard and I want to create a name for myself. Yeah. Um, so it was scary that first year. I'm like, again, like feeling like when I was joining their team, but, um, Marilyn sent me the nicest note, like two weeks after I was sitting in that office in UA where you were too. And, um, I hung that note card on my cube the whole time we had that office. Um, it was just one of those things that like, and I believe this, like, you know, I always want to leave on good terms. Um, and it was more, I was like, I just had outgrown the nest, right. It wasn't like yeah. any sort of sour parting by any means, but, um, you know, she was just like, you're going to do great. Like, it was just sort of like, you know, like an older sister saying like, you got to go do this. Like, I get it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I, I always remember that because I think you always have people in your life that you need to write that note for too. And um, so it, it was very impactful. I'm sure she doesn't even know that. <laughs> it didn't mean a lot. No, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you're right. I mean, like 2010, I got in 2011, but mm -hmm. you know, I really didn't start selling until I think my license was technically August of 2011. So really 2012. And, you know, it was, it was a different time. It was a different, even, even then, you know, I mean, we're still coming out of it. Um, yeah. and, and I tell agents today that are getting licensed and, you know, they're like, you know, this market's insane. And, you know, I'm, I'm running around and I'm doing all the showings. I'm like, you know, I think we worked just as hard in this market as we did in, in the down markets, right? It's just, we did 30 showings and didn't write any offers. Yeah. You know, at least you're yeah. doing a showing and writing an offer. Totally. You just might be writing 30 offers instead That's of right. one. Like our time spent differently. Yeah, but you know, it's one of those things like, you know, I, I look back and I, I feel like I was blessed to come in at the tail end of it. I'm blessed that I didn't have to figure out how to get through it you know, in, in 08, 09, you know, in 2010. Yeah. But I'm also blessed that, you know, we came in at that time to where it was on the way out. And we've looked and we are ahead of some agents that are getting in now in the sense of what what are foreclosures look like? What does what does short sales look like? You know, right. what is that conversation? How do you have it that difficult conversation of saying, hey, you know, if we don't get this number, you got to bring 25 grand or we have to think about going a short sale route, you know, yeah. and, and what's the impact of that with with the homeowner, right? Hey, this means you won't be able to buy for three years. And, you know, I got a place for you to rent or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, and I think it's, you know, for us, it's just, you know, we, we, we have some of that, those tools and things in our back pocket that and for me, too, 
and I talk about it now, always being will- willing to pivot business, right? Well, like, really, holy cow. I mean, like know. pandemic, like, I mean, yeah. that who knew, I mean, who knew what was about to happen, especially yeah. Columbus. I mean, I mean, those moments I was asked, I had to do a video for our, our brokerage and it kind of brought me back to that, like 2020, um, you know, the spring of 2020, where we're all just sitting there, like, do we, what are we even going to do? And the yeah. fact that one, we were deemed essential is by no accident. Um, yeah. I mean, Columbus Realtors, Core Pack, all that, like, it is not an accident that we were able to do this. Right. Um but how crazy that was my best year on paper. And yeah. I was like, what is happening here? You know? Um, but clearly people were spending a lot of time in their dwellings and they weren't happy. Yeah. <laughs> so things needed to change. But yeah. um it's I just think um part of what I really like about real estate, even when it's those unknown moments like what we're talking about, um, like we're totally out of control of them, the economy's driving them. Um, it's what keeps us on our toes. It's what you have to stay educated. You have to stay, you know, curious and like finding out like big picture, like what are the trends? What's happening? You know, I mean, my husband watches uh, Squawk Box in the morning and I used to be like, I'm not watching this. And now I'm like, who's on Squawk Box today? <laughs> because it does help. I mean, it's trends that, you know, we need to follow those things to help our clients understand, you know, what might be on the horizon. Not that we yeah. No one has that crystal ball, obviously, but, um, but yeah, I, somebody said to me, they were like, oh yeah, you were like running into the fire when people were running out. And I'm like, yeah, it's all I know. Like, like that's when I jumped in, um, my real estate classes were totally full. So I wasn't the only one doing it. Um, but it's so weird how now I really can't picture myself doing something else. I mean, I don't know. It's a fun, I think you know, we talk about moments and, um, the reality is somebody is trusting us with like a huge part of their life and they might only do it a few times in their lifetime. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I try to not lose sight of that when we get, you know, mired down into the details that are frustrating on a particular deal or whatever, but, um, it's a big opportunity for us to help somebody at some sort of critical moment in their, in their life. And I just try not to forget that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so it's so important. I think, you know, it's just human nature. Sometimes we lose that sense of it, but it's good to have, you know, resets, right? Hey, let's totally. let's let's refocus on some of the stuff and what's really what's really important to to our clients. So, yeah. no, that's awesome. So, I want to kind of fast forward, look into okay. the future for you. Okay. Um, what's something that that you want to accomplish over the next twelve months? Personal, uh, business doesn't matter to me. Do you have any? Yeah. You have any year year goal? Hmm. Um, I mean, yes, I don't know if I like have them so succinct, but, um, I mean, business wise, I always try to do a little bit more than I did the year before. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, this year I'm trying to have a few more transactions. Last year, I was really fortunate that I had a higher price point on many of my deals. So Mm -hmm. I had a large volume, but not quite as many transactions. Um, so I just, I don't know. The transactional goal is usually more of what I look at, not the yeah. dollar Same. amount. Same. And so, so I just really want to, um, I don't know. I've always said I wanted to hit 50, 50 transactions or 20 million. I don't know if I care so much that it's 50, I'd be fine if it was 40. Um, but just somewhere in that range. Um, and then well, personal, I don't know. I'm really, um, 
I mean, I'm really kind of stretching myself with my own podcast. So I'm trying to just stay consistent with that. But um, I just, you know, I look at, so I have two kids and they're not getting any younger. So I'm hoping this summer, um, if I, if I play the front half of this year, right, I hope this summer I can, um, you know, really be present with them because that's the yeah. time that I have with them, you know, is the yeah. summer. And I've got one kid who's, uh, well, both of them are going to be doing golf, but, you know, I think I'm going to have to put my hat in. You might, and I was going to say, you might become a professional caddy, right? Like, professional caddy, yeah. You can get some practice. Uh, yeah. But I mean, let's, let's be real. I mean, I also, I enjoy the time when I'm not working and I want to have that time too. Um, I think, you know, be it, it's like, you know, just, you know, going on vacation and being with my friends or family or just doing another pillar of things, you know, it could be service, could be working out tennis, whatever. Um, those pieces kind of keep me all in balance for me. I know there's not really balance, but for me. I yeah. think this is the moment when I tell you that you, you won't hit 50 deals. <laughs> so now you have to go and prove me wrong. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's really funny though, because, well, maybe, maybe, I mean, I just feel like, um, I mean, every year my husband, like I, when it comes to like November and December, and I'm really kind of putting all of that stuff on paper, he's always like, you always say every year it's going to be so hard to do it again. And I'm like, but it is like, there's no given, you know? And so I think my thing this year is doing it, um, having that goal, having that number, like, just like in swimming, it's that time, but not focusing on that number every step of the way. It's like those little things that we're talking about. It's the consistency. It's the showing up, being present when you're there doing that every day. I do believe um, it will help my number be higher. Yeah, I mean, loving the process is one, yeah, one component of it. But then you have to trust the process. Yes, that's right. And that's the hardest part, right? Because, yeah. like you mentioned, delayed gratification—that's that is our career, right? That yeah. that is our business. It's I'm going to do this activity, or I'm going to do this event, or I'm going to do this handwritten note card, and I don't even know what the outcome is going to be. I hope that it's going to turn into business down the road, but I yeah. don't know. But then I have to show up and do it again. And I have to right. show up and do it again and then again and again. So, and I well, think too, you know, it's, I think it's doing it your way too, right? You know? Totally. Well, that's the thing is like last year, um, I, I did try to make some, you know, commitments to relationships and not truly not worrying so much about the transaction yeah. um, and just growing, growing those relationships. And in that way, you're growing your sphere organically in the way that feels comfortable for me. Um, yeah. That has started to end up in business for me. Um, but fundamentally, it is not why I'm doing it. Like, it's not what I get out of. I mean, I think I've shared with you before, like, you know, I'm not a big resolution person, but I do like the word, like a word to focus on for an intention for the year. And last year it was purpose for me because I just felt like whatever I was doing, I wanted that to be for a reason, you know, and, and it did help me. Um, I think filter things out that maybe were distractions and then also remind like, okay, this is actually something you need to do. So make that a priority. It really helped me. And this year for me, it's like, it's impact. I feel like impact and fulfillment to me are sort of like not interchangeable, but like with impact, I do feel like I gain fulfillment. And um, so I'm trying to do that with whoever I'm around. And if that results eventually in a real estate sale, that's awesome. If it doesn't, that's okay. Like that's not really 
the place where it's coming from. And so I think the more that I push myself into those um, environments to meet new people, to foster those new relationships, to empower people around me, um, to motivate people around me, um, to, you know, kind of celebrate their business and their journey. um, I get inspired by that. I get inspired by other people and their journeys. So so that's where that's the space I'm in for 22. It's it's a, it's a it's the there's a book called The Power of Consistency. Um, I forget the I forget the author's name, but he talks about you know you can't do the right things consistently and get the wrong results. Yeah, and it's just a matter of time, right? Like building relationships, and you know that is. I was talking to um, Ryan Moody um, the other day, and you know he's like, my first goal with anyone I meet is to become friends. And if real estate happens, then real estate happens. And he and he means that when he meets with a total stranger at a bar or a restaurant or on the street or whatever. It's yeah. like, let me interact, let me engage, and let's build a let's build a relationship, a friendship. Yeah. And at some point, real estate may come from it. And if it never does, it never does. But now I have a new friend or Absolutely. a new contact or a new relationship that I can continue to build on. So yeah. No, that's awesome. So now I even want to look a little further. Okay. Yeah. Five years. What, what, what goal, what do you want to accomplish in the next five years? Five years. This is going to be really funny when my husband hopefully watches this. So when I first met him, it was because my, at the time, this ad agency, one of my friends asked me to be on a video that they played at a company meeting. I didn't know who my husband was at the time. Um, and they said, what do you want to do in five years? And I'm like, write a book. <laughs> so I haven't written that book yet. Um, but maybe there's you know what it is not yet. Um, but I feel like if I take the time to be better at journaling, I think there are nuggets that I see. Um, to me, it's a bit, well, I think where, when I think about if I'm going to write something or research something, I think it's what we've just talked about the parallels of my life as a young athlete, as a girl, um, walking, in confidence and knowing who I am, um, that was a gift that like a lot of, a lot of people don't have, but for sure, a lot of girls lose that at a really young age. And so there's this interesting thing happening in my brain all the time. Cause I really wanted to get back into coaching. So I'm, I'm seeing these high school girls and what's happening with them and what a cool moment of their life to be sharing with them. Cause like they just had senior day and they're like saying what they're going to go study. And I'm like, these girls are amazing, you know? I mean, they're awesome athletes, but like, wow. I mean, we'll be in good hands, I think. But um, so there's that piece. And then there's the business side. It's like what we're talking about, like how to, you know, how to be a good, how to be a good performer, how to go get your goals. So like, there's something, some sort of mashup there, maybe. I think I got the title for you. You do? Walking in Confidence. I don't know if it's already taken or not. It might be. We'll look it up. <laughs> we'll, we'll add another word or two in there. Yeah. I just think the opportunity. Awesome. Yeah. The opportunity think- for kids like that leadership and that confidence. I mean, look, you know, I have two kids that are walking their, their tween ages very differently. And when you see it, it's like, you almost don't know, like they don't necessarily have tools and curriculum to teach this. Not that they can't. Um, but I feel like there's um, an opportunity there somewhere not just kids adults you know like you know one of the things like for me i'm just cocky in the sense that i'll you know because now i have experience in real estate if it's something else like outside like 
yeah, we all need that boost of confidence, right? And a lot of that comes yeah. down to just making sure you're doing the actions and, and doing it consistently to then build your belief system. And if you guys don't know the success cycle by Tony Robbins, go and, and YouTube that. But um, yeah, I love that, I, you know, walking in confidence. <laughs> well, and look, I mean, the thing that, um, you know, I feel like it goes back to what we've been talking about. It isn't the result. It's not the college scholarship. It's not the first place medal. It isn't that. At the time, I think, and especially now, I feel like that's what kids think it's all about. Their right. world is this instant gratification. And the the sad side of that is there's a lot of disappointment and there's a lot of depression and there's a lot of unhappiness because they're chasing something that they're never actually going to get. And yeah. so it's trying to change that language because, um, because they're missing they're missing the journey that's right in front of them. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And everything that comes with it. So Kim, we're, we're up against some, some time here. Yeah. I appreciate your time of coming and sharing your story and, and just pouring into to, to the audience. But I always ask this last and final question. Um, if you could give our audience one piece of advice that you wish you had, whether it was starting in real estate or now, it doesn't really matter to me. What would that be? Um, well, okay. The first thing that comes to mind, I mean, there's a lot, but the first thing that comes to mind, um, I was recently sitting with someone and she shared with me a phrase that just has stayed with me. And it's that we should sit in our truth and not the truth of others. And I feel like, especially in real estate, there are so many ways to do this job. I mean, there's so many ways to do it. There's so many ways to be successful, but I think where I have started to really feel um, happiness and fulfillment and success is doing it the way that feels really true to me. And, um, it doesn't like, I want to celebrate others successes as well. Um, because that's important and we can all play in the sandbox together, yeah. but I think it's important to look inward and start there and say, you know, what is it about me and this business and how can I, how can I um, shine? And I think you start there and just, again, believe in that and just then plant the seeds every day. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Kim, if, if anyone wanted to connect with you, maybe they, they love your story. Um, you know, they resonate with your story. They want to pick your brain, whether that's buying real estate, selling real estate, or even another real estate agent that wants to connect with you. I know anyone that's watching this, you can see at the bottom, you can go to, to her Instagram handle, what is the best way for someone to, to reach out to you and to connect? Yeah, I would say um, I, I definitely am probably on Instagram the most of the social media platforms. I'm on LinkedIn too, but um, if you shoot me a DM through, um, through Instagram, I'll respond back. And um, I'm always open to, you know, a coffee or a lunch or a quick call um, where I didn't get to where I am by myself. So <laughs> I get it. And I think it's important to be able to, um, you know, I learned from, I learned from all these conversations. So I'd, I'd welcome a chat. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And her Instagram handle is at Kim Mills group. So go to Instagram and make sure you guys send her a message. Yeah. Um, I know I've selfishly have loved learning from you and uh, reconnecting with you over the last well, about a year now, right? Yeah. A year now with, with, you know, what we've been doing with, with Clubhouse and, you know, just bringing real estate professionals together. So I really appreciate your time today. 
And, um, you know, if there's anything I can do for you in the future, you know, always give me a ring. Yeah. I appreciate you. Appreciate everything you're doing for all of us in this industry. And, um, thanks for letting me share. This was fun. No, no, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thanks, John.